Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. When hospital providers go through mergers, there are numerous issues they have to look out for, but of course, maintaining optimal reimbursement is paramount among them. Joining me on the podcast today to talk about that is our Director of Reimbursement Services, Jeff Wolf. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, I think you'll find that uh, this issue is fairly pertinent for folks because we're having so many mergers in the industry these year, or this year. No doubt, Jeff. Um, so we have some very specific areas that we're going to cover here in this podcast. So why don't we start out with the first question, and that is um, that mergers usually involve uh, a step up and a step down in asset basis, basically revaluing assets across both the providers. What should hospitals look out for there? Well, the, the issue really revolves around the fact that for financial reporting purposes, um, an organization that is acquiring or merging with another organization wants to be able to report the assets and the purchase at the price that the new organization acquired it at. Um, you know, so the buildings and the equipment will be revalued either up or down based on the purchase price. The problem with that is that the Medicare regulations require cost reporting at the original purchase or construction price, not the price of what this organization purchased it at. So what that represents in the cost report is an adjustment that has to be made. And because some of these assets, especially buildings, can have 20, 30 year lifespans, these adjustments are going to go for 20, 30 years. Um, and these organizations have to track that because it's a difference between their financial accounting versus the Medicare regulatory accounting. Um, you'll have hospitals can deal with this in a couple of ways. They can um, keep separate schedules in their general ledger, or excuse me, not in their general ledger, but a separate asset ledger that will identify the difference between what they're booking versus what they uh, should be uh, reporting for Medicare, and that would be an A8 adjustment, or the transaction could uh, be at cost with the additional purchase price being considered um, a goodwill, and then the goodwill is depreciated separately from the asset. Got it. Um, Jeff, second area we want to cover is intercompany transactions. Um, of course, they become increasingly difficult to report at cost when you're going through a merger. Uh, what should hospitals look out for there? Well, with um, multiple hospitals working together, um, the organization wants to be efficient in the way they provide services. So what happens a lot of times is one of the hospitals in the organization will provide a service, whether it's housekeeping or reference, reference lab or something like that, to one or more of the other hospitals in the, in the uh, organization. Internally, accounting will book what they call intercompany transactions but they'll book it on an estimated basis. It's usually something that they've figured out that historically, roughly the cost is X, Y, Z, and they'll transfer that cost down to the other hospitals. But for Medicare, as we talked about a minute ago, cost is the actual thing that they're looking for. And so these intercompany transactions are not at cost. 
you know, sometimes it's a charge back or it's a charge amount or something like that, but it's not an actual cost of the service provided. So Medicare will require the hospitals to recalculate those expenditures from intercompany transactions at a cost basis. Um, and this is usually achieved through the workspace or the work paper A-8-1, which is for all related party transactions. Jeff, transitioning two separate general ledgers uh, and their structures together uh, into one consistent general ledger is a, is a big undertaking. Uh, what should hospitals look for there? Well, one of the main reasons that hospitals, uh, once they are acquired and merged together, they end up uh, looking for consistency. They're looking for opportunity. They're doing it because they think that there's either a niche market that they want to be in or they want to uh, have robust services but the bottom line is there's going to be um, some need to evaluate not only individual hospitals but across the spectrum of services that an organization provides when you do that you have upper management looking at multiple hospitals multiple service lines they need to have the ability to analyze them consistently and so that's where putting together consistent GLs and having standardized transactions and things like that come into play. Um, where that makes it difficult for reimbursement is you'll have a new way of booking transactions. You'll have a new general ledger. So you've got a translation table from your old general ledger to your new to try and make sure you're reporting things consistently to the government. At the same time, you have new ways of booking transactions. So you may have to go looking through the general ledger or working with your accounting department to identify where expenses are now hitting because it's a different place than where it was historically. Um, again, it has a lot of advantages for organizations because when you're on consistent GLs, you can make sure that you're handling issues consistently across the organization. You can identify, uh, you know, have the same way of measuring the, the, the functionality or the profitability of service lines and the like, but it also presents challenges for the reimbursement folks. Jeff, mergers usually involve significant changes to reporting structures. Uh, we can imagine all the issues that can cause and, and how that might affect reimbursement. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, just as we talked about with trying to get some standardization around the general ledger, you're going to have standardization around the services that they provide. And a lot of this happens at an administrative level. So, you know, you'll have consolidated billing, you'll have consolidated um, accounting, you'll have uh, services that you're going to bring together. So, you know, some of the things that are going to affect the reimbursement folks are financial statements. A lot of times they'll be consolidated instead of having financial statements for an individual facility. That creates, again, a little bit of problematic in reporting and reconciling. You're going to have uh, consolidation of functions like the accounting staff or interns and residents uh, reporting. And so consequently, you're going to have to work with um, data that is commingled between these organizations. You're going to have to use a lot more of that related party transactions where you're trying to separate out the cost. Um, you know, you're going to have creation of home office cost reports because now you have a management structure above the level of the hospital managing the organization. 
you're going to have outsourcing because you know as mergers happen certain um, activities are looked at as you know it's cheaper for us to outsource than to have this in-house so you're going to have to look at some of that you're going to be dealing with whether it's purchase services or the like um, you know that's going to affect how you report it on the cost report you're going to have timing issues. Um, hospitals will have different fiscal year ends versus the um, versus the cost report year end. We can resolve that by requesting uh, to have a change to our fiscal year end, things like that. But in that first year or two of the transition, you're going to have to deal with the different fiscal year ends, which means you're going to have partial GLs than like. And Jeff, when mergers and acquisitions go across state lines, of course, the complexity goes uh, way up. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, what can go wrong there and what to watch out for? Well, it, the biggest thing is probably the Medicaid programs. Um, within each state, the Medicaid program is the same for each hospital. But even though the Medicaid program is fundamentally a federal program, it's still allowed for each state to have what they call state plan amendment and that allows them to change some of the requirements and the regulations around the reimbursement and the reporting and so consequently as organizations merge and they start having multiple providers that span multiple states they're going to have the reimbursement people are going to have to understand the nuances and the regulations that exist in each of those states because again you're going to have to be reporting those by state just because the corporate organization is in one state if it has hospitals in states two and three the reporting for the cost reports and for the um, state reports has to be done in those states for those particular facilities so consequently they'll be subject to that state's requirements Jeff, certainly no lack of issues to consider uh, when you're thinking about reimbursement during a merger. Uh, thanks for stopping by the podcast today and helping us understand just a few of those. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Mike. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.